It's fantastic. Well, it's wonderful to be here again with you today. I'm going to read a short passage from John's Gospel. And the context is Jesus has been baptized by John the Baptist. John the Baptist, at this point in the story, has got his own disciples. And uh, sometime later, as we take up the story, John spies Jesus. Now, Jesus, in this short few verses that I'm going to read, Jesus says something. He makes a statement. In fact, he makes an invitation. And he also asks a question. So look out for the question that Jesus asks and look out for the invitation that he makes in this short passage from John chapter 1. And I'm going to read only from verse 35 to 39. The next day, John was there again with two of his disciples. When he saw Jesus passing by, he said, look, the Lamb of God. When the two disciples heard him say this, they followed Jesus Turning round, Jesus saw them following and asked, What do you want? They said, Rabbi, which means teacher, where are you staying? Come, he replied, and you will see. So those are the things that I'm going to be looking at. I'm going to be looking at some of the questions that Jesus asked and the invitation that he makes. But before I do that, as an introduction, I'm going to show you some photos of people. Some of you, I guess, will know who the first person is. Not all of you, I expect, but some of you will definitely know who the first person is. I guess that a few of you will know... Now, can you just wait a sec till I cue you in, if that's okay? Sorry, getting ahead of the game. The second uh, picture I want to show you, some of you will know who that is as well, or the, the, the group of people, but I would be very surprised indeed if anybody knew who the third person is, unless we've got some very specialist knowledge person here today, but I would be very surprised. Anyway, the first one again, Adrian, please. Okay. So who's this? The Beast. Also, his real name, Adeboya Akinfenwa. And those of you who recognize the kit that he's in, he plays for the local team, Wickham Wanderers. Well, I don't know about you, but he strikes me as being quite a big lad. For a footballer, he doesn't have the normal physique, I would suggest, of a footballer. So the question I would ask is, is he any good? Does he add any value to the team? Well, the answer would be, well, come and see. Come and you will see. You know, go down to Wickham Wanderers, sit in the stands, and watch the game, and see how he performs. So come and you will see. Now the second picture, Adrian, please. Uh, who's this? Okay, yeah, this is the band Coldplay. Well, again, the question might be, well, are they any good? What's the music like? Is it, do they do any nice tunes? Can you, do, can you sing along? What are they like in concert? Uh, what are they like live? Are they any good? Well, again, the answer would be, come and you will see. Come and you will see. Come and, you come, come and see for yourself. Come and you will see what they're like. Now, here's the third one. I don't think anybody will know who this is. I wouldn't expect you to. This is a real difficult one. Anybody know who that is? No. Who? No. Good guesses. Very good. But no. So I'm going to, because it's a tough one, I'm going to give you a clue. All right? I'm going to give you a clue in the next photograph. Please, Adrian. That's the same gentleman. So you recognize the flags, it's the flags of France, isn't it? Little clue. Okay. Well, I'll put you out of your suspense. And again, I wouldn't have expected anybody to know, but the man's name is Dietrich von Choltitz. 
And he was the general during the Second World War in charge of the city of Paris. And as the Germans were retreating from Paris, Hitler gave an order. I want the city destroyed. I want it to burn. I want the Eiffel Tower to come tumbling down. I want the Arc de Triomphe to be blown up. I want Notre Dame Cathedral to be burned with fire. I want the beautiful bridges over the Seine to be blown up. But the general never did it. He refused the order. I wonder why. Maybe it's because the city is a beautiful city. It's probably one of the most beautiful capital cities in the whole of Europe, if not the whole world. It's known as the city of light. Maybe you've never been. Come and you will see. It would be the invitation. Come and you will see. Come and you will see for yourself what it's like. Is it what people have made it out to be? Come and you will see. Jesus offers an invitation as well. He does it to the disciples. When they ask him, where are you staying? He says, come and you will see. And Jesus asks questions too. Whatever questions we may have, big or small, Jesus tells us to come and you will see. For the disciples here, it's a starting point. Perhaps for you today, it will be a starting point. Perhaps you're here to support the guys who are getting baptized. Perhaps you've heard something that has interested you. The disciples had heard something about Jesus that obviously piqued their interest. John the Baptist says, look, the Lamb of God. Now, it's clear from later on in the Gospels that they didn't quite understand what that fully meant, but they were intrigued. At this point, Jesus hadn't started his miraculous work, but maybe they'd heard things from John the Baptist himself because John the Baptist was Jesus' cousin. So he would have known the story of Jesus' birth and He would have known about the star and the angels and the shepherds and the wise men and the flight into Egypt. So perhaps John the Baptist had told his disciples some of Jesus' story as well. Whatever happened, they were intrigued. Perhaps you're intrigued today. What's this all about? This pool, these people talking about miracles. What's it all about? The disciples here were intrigued. Why is there such enthusiasm in this place, you might be asking? What about my life? You might even ask that question from time to time. Where am I heading? What's the purpose of my life? Do I simply live 70 or 80 years and then that's it? Like some machine that just gets switched off, the lights dim, finish, and it's over. We may have many questions, but here, Jesus asks the two guys a question. He says to them, what do you want? What do you want? And I believe Jesus asks us a similar question. Jesus was very good at asking insightful questions. There was, an, and I want to talk briefly about two of them. There was an occasion later on when Jesus was praying and he asked the disciples, Who do people say I am? Now, he didn't ask that because he was insecure about who he was. No, he was perfectly secure. He wanted to know what people were thinking. Who do people say I am? And they replied, some say John the Baptist, because at that point John had been executed. Others say Elijah, and still others, that one of the prophets of long ago has come back to life. But then Jesus makes the question more specific. And I think this is one of the key questions in Christianity. And Jesus asks it. And he asks it personally. And we've heard from Luke and Dan how they have had a personal encounter Jesus asks this question of us, of you and me. Who do you say I am? In other words, who am I? Who do you say I am? Now, Peter was one of the first disciples who came to see who Jesus was and what 
he was about, and Jesus replied to that question, God's Messiah. Who do you say I am, Jesus says? God's Messiah, the Savior, the one who's come to rescue us from all the darkness that there is in our life, the one who's going to take us off a crooked path, the one who's going to put us on a straight path that leads to life. This one is going to rescue us. The one who's going to reconnect us with God. That's who you are. You're the one who's going to restore us. You're the one who's going to give us purpose and meaning to our life. That's what it means. God's Messiah. Now for me, that question hit me and it still hits me now. Who do you say I am? That was a question that hit me some time ago as a young man. And I had to answer that question for myself. Well, who is Jesus? Is he just some religious teacher? Yeah, we know he taught some good stuff. We can read about it in the Bible. You know, blessed are the meek, love your enemies, love your neighbor as yourself. You know, things that people wouldn't really argue with. They make sense. They're good stuff. Yeah, he's a good teacher. I think most of the world would probably accept that. Who do you say I am? Just a great teacher. Is that all? Among many religious teachers in the world, who do you say I am? Or is there more to him than this? What's this all about? As we're meeting down at Wickham and two, two services and up here and people getting baptized, committing their lives to this. Is it just a fantasy? Is it just a fairy tale? Is it just something that people have made up and exaggerated down through the centuries? Who do you say I am? Is a key question that every human being has to answer in one way or another. Who do you say I am? For me as a young man, I thought, is Jesus a fantasist? Is Jesus someone who exaggerated? Is he a liar? Or is he someone who told the truth? Is he the way? Is he the truth? Is he the life? Is he the one who's going to reconnect us with God? Is he the one who's going to tell us the truth? Is he the one who's going to enlighten all the darkness that we experience in our lives? Well, I guess you can tell what my answer was. I'm still as convinced about that answer as I've ever been, that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. And no one comes to the Father except through him. Jesus was very good at asking searching questions, sometimes surprising ones as well. Jesus was always full of surprises. There's another occasion when Jesus was walking along the road, and at this time in his life, he'd done many spectacular things, turned water into wine, walked on the water, calmed the storm, healed people, caused paralyzed people to walk. So there were crowds of people wherever Jesus went. And it was difficult for him to get a moment's peace and quiet, where he, sometimes he went off in the middle of the night just to get a few moments peace and quiet. But on this occasion, crowds of people are surrounding him. Picture the scene here as Jesus is walking along the road. And there's a man sitting by the side of the road. He's blind and he's a beggar. And he hears that Jesus is passing by. And he obviously knows something about Jesus. He believes that Jesus is going to do something for him. So he cries out to Jesus, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And the crowd say, be quiet. Stop making a fuss. He's not interested in you. But he cries out all the more, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus calls the man to himself. And just picture the scene here. The man is blind. There's crowds of people surrounding him. Perhaps he's having to feel his way. He doesn't doesn't exactly know where he's going. Perhaps someone kindly leads him towards Jesus. And he comes to Jesus. And Jesus asks him a question. Remember I said to you that Jesus was very good at asking questions. He would often ask surprising questions. He asked insightful questions. He asked searching questions. And he asked this man a question. 
He says to them this, and I think it's surprising. What do you want me to do for you? What do you want me to do for you? He's blind. Come on, isn't that obvious? The question surely is superfluous. He wants his sight back. Why does Jesus say to him, what do you want me to do for you? He's got miraculous power. He can heal people. He can give sight back to the blind. Why does he ask the man the question? Well, I think there's a kindness there. There's a love that doesn't force itself on people. It doesn't assume the need of the other person. The blind man said, Rabbi, I want to see. Isn't that really what we want as well? Do we really want to stumble around in life, not knowing where we're going, not knowing why we're here, not knowing if our life has any long-term purpose? Is this it? When I get to the end of my life, is that it? All that have I experienced, is that all gone? All those people I've known and loved, is that all over? Will it simply be like terminating some machine and you see the lights dim and go out and it's over? Shakespeare wrote brilliantly about this. Do we agree with what Shakespeare says? He wrote this. Out, out, brief candle. Life's but a walking shadow. A poor player that struts and frets his are upon the stage and then is heard no more. It is a tale told by an idiot full of sound and fury signifying nothing. Is that the measure of our life, of a human life? Is that it? The blind man says, Rabbi, I want to see. Perhaps Jesus would ask us the same question today that he asked of the blind man. What do you want me to do for you? What do you want me to do for you? Well, I know what I would say. I want to know that my life has significance. I want to know that my life has purpose. I want to know that my life has meaning beyond my 70 or 80 years. I want to know that my life is not dependent on what others think of me. I want to know that I am valued. I want to know that there's someone who loves me with such a love that will never die. I want to know that there's someone who is so powerful that they can bring me out of all the mess that I often get myself into. After Jesus invited the disciples to come and see where he was staying, because he says, come and see. What did they see, I wonder? What did they see? Jesus says, come and you will see. Did they see a nice house, I wonder? with all the latest mod cons, if it was like today, if we updated the story today, what might they have seen? Come and you will see. Did they see a nice big house that was light and spacious with the latest QLED TV hanging on the wall, with super fast broadband, with bedrooms that were en suite? Come and you will see. Did they see a kitchen breakfast room with the latest smart fridge freezer that cost over 3000 Did they see as they approached where Jesus was? My, he's got a pool as well, guys. Let's go. What did they see? Actually, he didn't have anywhere special at all. He wandered around from place to place. Jesus said of himself, foxes have dens and birds have nests, but the Son of Man has no place to lay his head. So what did they see when Jesus said, come and you will see? Well, they obviously saw something because they stayed with Jesus 
In fact, many of them gave their lives for him. So they must have seen something. They saw something greater than a fancy house with all its latest mod cons. They saw something greater than a man who had servants to do whatever he wanted and all the best food to eat. So what did they see? When Jesus had come and you will see. Well, I think they saw the unfolding of what it meant for Jesus to be called the Lamb of God. They didn't understand it all, but it began to unfold. They saw someone who showed kindness and compassion. He would touch the beggars, the lepers, whom nobody else would touch. He would touch them and heal them. He would comfort the widows in their bereavement. He would heal people who had suffered for many years. They saw his kindness and compassion. They saw someone who spoke like nobody else in the whole of human history had spoken. Read the parables of Jesus. He says, I will utter things that have not been heard since before the foundation of the world. That's what they saw. They saw someone who spoke the truth in love, even if it meant he was hated for it. They saw someone who could walk on water and calm the sea. They saw someone who gave their lives significance and meaning. It wasn't what the disciples expected. Jesus was always surprising them. (laughs) They didn't realize that being the Lamb of God meant that one day they would see their best friend hanging on a cross, dying the death of a criminal with his blood pouring down from his hands and feet and his side. As he gives his last breath, they didn't realize that they were going to see that. But what they saw in the end was something far greater than they could ever have imagined. They saw a love for them that was unparalleled. They saw Jesus raised from the dead, ascended to heaven. And more than that, he entrusts them who had failed him so many times. He entrusts them with the good news of what he's done and who he is. Some time ago, going back to the beginning, I had an invitation to go and see Adeboya Akinfenwa play for Wickham Wanderers. So I saw for myself what value he added to the team. Big lad, big strapping lad. Yeah, difficult for the defenders to handle him when he's moving around in the box. I was also given a ticket. In fact, I was given two tickets to go and see Coldplay. I went to see them at Wembley Stadium. Did they do a good concert? Well, I went and saw for myself. I thought it was brilliant. And I've been to Paris as well, the city of light, to see what it's like. It's a beautiful city. And I've accepted Jesus' invitation for me to come, and you will see. The invitation is there for you, whatever stage you're at, however old or however young you are, whatever experience you've had or haven't had, come, and you will see. You will see that your life can have deep significance deep meaning and that God has a purpose for your life and the purpose is that you will be his child and you'll be part of his cosmic purposes forever. Come and you will see.